More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Today on More to Life, Dignity Denied. Are you tired of dealing with disrespect or disrespectful people? We're going to help you reclaim your God-given dignity. 877-573-7825. Everyone says they want to have a great marriage and family and personal life. Well, the theology of the body reveals how you can actually achieve it. More to life. The happiest couples know how to say I do to each other every moment of every day. Surprising. Relevant. Hopeful. Angela, let's not just settle for stopping your son's behavior. Exactly. Let's talk about the kind of young man you want to raise. Practical theology of the body-based answers for every part of your life. God's original blueprint didn't include depression and anxiety. Yeah, that's a human invention. God wants to set you free. Let's talk about making that happen. The life you were meant to live through the theology of the body. More to life. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. I'm Lisa Popchak. And today on More to Life, Dignity Denied. We're talking about disrespect today on More to Life, dealing with disrespectful behavior, dealing with disrespectful people. How can we reclaim our God-given dignity? You know, if somebody is treating you disrespectfully, ignoring your needs or concerns, they keep doing or saying hurtful things after you've asked them to stop. All of that is denying your dignity as a child of God. If they're antagonistic or insulting or actually seem to be enjoying making you feel small, well, again, that's an insult not only to you but to God. So how can a Christian respond virtuously to disrespectful people? Let us help you find grace-filled answers today on More to Life at 877-573-7825. And you know, Greg, as I'm talking about this right now, I know that some of our listeners, at least in the back of their minds, because maybe Satan's dwelling back there, whispering at them like a cartoon, are thinking, how can you talk about this during Lent? We're not supposed to have any dignity during Lent. We're (laughs) supposed to be tearing ourselves down and making room for Christ. Well, exactly. We're making room for the gift that Christ gave us to know our dignity in him. That's not about tearing ourselves down. That's not about treating ourselves as badly as some of the people that I just described to you. That's about making room for the Holy Spirit to allow us to know our dignity in him so that we can live our dignity in Christ and shine his light out to the world. Yeah, we don't claim this any dignity on our own. Exactly. Um, We we recognize that we have dignity because we are loved by God. And we are, you know, just as the gospel on this past Sunday said about Jesus, our Heavenly Father looks at us and says, these are my beloved children. Um, and and so when we when we recognize that we have dignity um, because God loves us, then that means that we have to defend that dignity in appropriate and charitable ways. You know, Saint Ephraim. There's a story about Saint Ephraim where he he was talking about the dignity of being made in the image and likeness of God, and he held up a Roman coin and he said, you know. You know what happens? What is the punishment if we deface the the image of Caesar, right, on the back of the coin? And of course, the, the answer to that was that the punishment was, was death. Yeah. Um, and he said, so so how much more terrible is it to deface the image of God? 
and your, your fellow brothers and sisters. You know, each of us is made in the image and likeness of God, and, and because of that, not because of anything we've done or anything we deserve, but because God loves us, we deserve his dignity because to treat someone with disrespect is to deface that image. And that includes if we're the ones defacing the image of God in ourselves. Are you tearing yourself down every single day? Are you making yourself feel less than because you have those messages in your head from somebody in the world that put them there? We are the tabernacles of the Lord. He suffered and died and rose for us and he gives us his body, blood, soul and divinity in the Eucharist every single day. We are to carry his light to the world. And if we are allowing people to beat up on us emotionally, then we're allowing them to beat up on God himself. Of course, we have to respond charitably. And we'll talk more about that, That's too. Right. I mean, you know, just because somebody's being disrespectful to us doesn't mean we can treat them however we want. You know, they're a child of God, too. Exactly. Um, maybe they're not behaving that way, but, but that's beside the point. We still owe them respect uh, as sons and daughters of God. But, and, but how does that look in practice? Well, we're unpacking that today on More to Life. Is someone treating you disrespectfully? Whether they're ignoring your needs or concerns, or they keep doing or saying hurtful things even after you've asked them to stop? Maybe they're antagonistic or insulting or, or seem to somehow enjoy making you feel small. Well, we want to help you respond virtuously to those disrespectful people and disrespectful actions. Let us help you find grace-filled answers. The number is 877-573-7825. Again, that number is 877 877- Five seven three seventy eight twenty five. If you are listening later to the More to Life podcast, you can still send your questions in via email. That address is questions at more to life radio dot com. That's with the number two questions at more to life radio dot com. Every day on More to Life, we take a look at the topic of the day through the lens of St. John Paul's theology of the body. What's that, you ask? Well, terrific question. So St. John Paul, when he was Pope, gave a series of reflections over the course of five years where he looked at how we could discern God's plan for living a more abundant life and having healthier, holier relationships by looking at God's design and creation, especially how he designed our bodies. The theology of the body reminds us that because we are created in the image and likeness of God, we have a right to expect to be loved and respected by each other. In his book, Love and Responsibility, St. John Paul described what he called the personalistic norm. That's a term he used to assert the idea that every human being has a right to be treated like a person, not a thing. Each person has a God-given right to be loved and respected no matter what. In fact, the reason we feel shocked when we're treated poorly is that God built into each person a sense of this divinely given right to be treated as his sons and daughters. We don't claim that dignity on our own. God gave it to us as his gift. When we appropriately stand for ourselves, we aren't being selfish we are protecting the gift God gave us in the form of the dignity we are owed as his sons and daughters. You know, when we're treated in a manner that offends our dignity as persons, we have a God-given right to address that offense as long as uh, we remember that that person who offended us 
has a right to be treated like a person, too. You know, to pull that off, we need to understand the difference between setting boundaries and being defensive. When we're defensive, we forget that the offender is a person. We get our back up. We lash out. How dare you do that to me, you jerk, right? It's an understandable but still inappropriate reaction. By contrast, setting a graceful boundary in the face of disrespect means not tolerating the disrespect while also not taking it personally. Now, that's tricky because, of course, how do you say, how how can I not take it personally? It's being directed at me. Well, instead of lashing out, we could say something like, look, I can tell you're frustrated, but, but please don't treat me like your enemy. You know, how can we work through this together? Right? So you're inviting that person to work through the problem with you as another person instead of letting them treat you like the enemy or you responding to them as if they were. Dealing with disrespect gracefully means setting boundaries with the person who's being disrespectful while still being careful to model the respect you want to receive. Give us a call. I mean, it's interesting to uh, kind of hear this, right, and reflect on it in theory, but when you're having to deal with those particular disrespectful people in your life, it's, it's a little more complicated, isn't it? And sometimes even after you've tried to invite that person to work with you in a respectful way, it doesn't work out. So what do you do then? 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. And disrespect can come in so many forms and from so many areas. So it can come from those times where your your kids or your teenagers are just, you know, being nasty. You know, just giving you attitude. It can come from those times where... You and your spouse have had the same conversation about the same problem area over and over again, and suddenly they're not treating you very nicely about the whole thing, or it's been ramping up to be a less and less respectful conversation. Or maybe they don't appreciate everything that you're doing as part of your partnership, and you're feeling less than because of it. It can come from those people who raised us and those people that... We're helping raise, and it can come from even our friends who may not be treating us as we wished they would. No matter where it's coming from, there's a godly, grace-filled way to not only deal with them, but to feel better about who you are so that you can walk in your dignity as a son or daughter of God. And if you're seeing somebody in your life who's going through something like this, one of your kids, your spouse, your friends, and you're thinking, why do they let themselves be treated this way? And what can I do to help them? We're here for that as well. Give us a call today on More to Life at 877-573-7825. Two five. That's eight seven seven five seven three seventy eight take our concerns to the Lord, and we'll start taking your questions in the name of the Father, and the Son, and, and the, the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, we come into your presence and we bring to you those people who are treating us disrespectfully in those times when we feel disrespected by others. We ask you, Lord, to help us to know how to respond in ways that are truly charitable and, and, and still just. Help us to know how to react to people who are treating us poorly in ways that defend our dignity as sons and daughters of God, but also remind the offender of their dignity as well. So that even in those difficult times when respect has broken down, we can work together with each other to build your kingdom and to grow in closeness and harmony. We ask all of this through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And in the name, in the name of the Father, Father and the, the Son, Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. 
Amen. Amen. Pope St. John Paul the Great. Pray for us. Today on More to Life, Dignity Denied. We're talking about those times when other people treat you with disrespect, either saying disrespectful things, doing disrespectful things. It's easy to get our backs up um, and to either lash out or to just take it because we feel like that's what it means to be a Christian, just to suck it up. Right? Um, and certainly there are times when we bear wrongs patiently and other times where we need to admonish the sinner. Both of those things, by the way, are spiritual works of mercy. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, you they know, seem to contradict we, each other. They but. do seem to do that. And we think, oh, well, if we just turn to the church, everything will be so clear. But they do seem to contradict each other, even though we're called to do both. Well, exactly. It's because mercy means treating another person in a manner that reminds them of their dignity in God's eyes. Right? That's what mercy is. Mercy isn't letting people off the hook. It's treating other people in a way that reminds them of their God-given dignity and, and, and reminds them to behave accordingly. So, you know, for instance, if you've got somebody who's, generally speaking, trying to be a decent person, who's trying to live up to their dignity in, in, in Christ and, and trying to behave in ways toward others that are dignified and respectful, but they have a bad day. And, you know, maybe they, they're grumpy and they say some things or whatever. You know, bearing those wrongs patiently gives that person the space to, to self-correct. You know, you're not going to pile on them because they already feel bad enough about what they did. And so, you know, given, this, given the chance, given a little bit of time, they'll come around. And so we graciously give them that space and we bear those wrongs patiently as an act of mercy because we know that they know what they're worth in God's eyes. And we know that they know that they shouldn't act beneath <laughs> that dignity, right? On the other hand, when so sometimes we forget our dignity in Christ, and we habitually behave in a manner that is beneath our dignity, either in our treatment of ourselves or others. And that's when we, need, we admonish the sinner, not because we want to shame them or judge them, but because we want to say, hey, you're worth more than that. You can do better. I believe in you. And so both of those actions, even though they seem contradictory, are actually ordered to the same good. In both cases, we are helping to remind the other person of their dignity in Christ. We're treating them in a manner that reminds them of what they are worth in God's eyes. So let's talk about this, right? Because, it, it, see, it, it's not as straightforward as a lot of times we think. So let's talk it out. 877-573-7825. Let's talk now with Max, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Texas on Guadalupe Radio. Hi there, Max. Welcome to More to Life. What's going on? Hi, Patrick. Thanks for taking my call. Dr. Uh, Greg, actually. Uh, yeah, Patrick is Catholic Answers, but that's cool. What's, what's your question? Oh, my bad. <laughs> uh, no worries. What's up? What's up? When a person um, disrespects you, um, but you are you apologize because you also lash out in a way that's disrespectful mm -hmm. to them, and they don't apologize, but you do, is mm -hmm. um, my question is, how how do I have a conversation afterwards about that? Okay, well, I, I you know so it's it's obviously a delicate situation and sometimes it doesn't go well. But but here's here's how here's the next step that I would suggest that you take in a situation like that. 
you know, it, it's we've been a lot of us were raised to sort of see as the magic see I'm sorry as the magic words, right? And and you know I've apologized, and so now they have to apologize, and now everything's fine, and we move on. And and that's I mean that's that's a very kind of childish approach. I'm not calling you childish. I'm saying that that that, that approach is very uh, kind of a childish thing, and it tends not to solve any problems anyway. Um, the the best thing to do in a situation, or I guess I'm sorry before I do that, the the, the second problem with the the apology. A lot of times we are raised in ways to think that if I say I'm sorry, I'm ex- I'm saying it's all my fault. Even if the other person has apologized, you know, then, then if, I say I, if I say I'm sorry, I'm, what I'm telling you is that, well, it wasn't really your fault, it was really mine. Now, again, that, that is a childish and, and incomplete understanding of uh, apologies and all that. But what, I'm just setting it up to ex- help you understand why people might behave the way they do. So instead of pushing for an apology in a situation like this, what you want to do is talk about the next time something like this comes up, how can we handle it differently? Because that's the most important thing anyway. Right. Um, the apology tends to come when the other person realizes that through experience that we could do this a different way. We could have been doing it a different way all along. And now that I see that, I feel badly that we hadn't been doing it that way all along. And now I'm going to apologize for it. Um, but but either way, even if they don't apologize, the, the, the better thing to do is to say to them, look, I, you know, I'm not crazy about how that went down. Could we talk about how to handle it differently the next time something like this comes up? Because I'd really like to figure out how to do that in a way where we don't end up stepping on each other's toes. Right? So that's the next step for you, Max. Now, you know, sometimes that won't work well either. And if that's the case, then it's time to look at setting some boundaries on that relationship and asking yourself, you know, where can I trust this person to behave well and then limit myself to those interactions and, you know, not be around them in those, in those interactions where I know that they're not going to behave themselves well. But for now, take the next step of just saying, Look, you know, I, I just don't like the way that, that, that played out. And if, if something like that were to happen again, how, would, how could we handle that differently? And so then you talk through that. And that's the most important thing. It's not the magic words that matter so much. It's, it's really um, the resolve to reform. That, 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 uh, that, that penitent heart that says, I want to do it differently. I'm so glad you brought up that magic words thing, because that's where we go back to that more, as you were saying, juvenile response. And and again, we're not saying anybody is behaving in a childish way. We're saying it's the skills we learned at the knee of our parents and our teachers and all these people who just said, say, you're sorry. And we often get, even sometimes when we get a, I'm sorry from somebody we can intuit immediately they don't mean it there's no plan to move ahead to not let it happen again so moving on to what you're talking about greg is really how we begin to have more mature relationships where everybody's accountable everybody's learning together everybody's supporting each other respectfully to grow and accepting that we all need to grow in virtue and love and it gets us somewhere rather than they just i'm sorry and nobody moves an inch to be able to make anything better max thanks for the call good way to kick off the show appreciate your question if there's more we can do to support you don't hesitate to reach out to us uh, here on the program or pick up a copy of our book god help me these people are driving me nuts making peace with difficult people which talks about how to deal with exactly the kind of situation that you're talking about there god help me these people are driving me nuts making peace with difficult people Available at CatholicCounselors.com or wherever books are sold. All right, we've got to go to break. When we come back, we're continuing to take your calls today on our show titled Dignity Denied. Are you tired of dealing with disrespectful behavior or disrespectful people? We want to help you reclaim your God-given dignity and discover grace-filled responses to those challenging situations. 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877 573 
7825. More to life. We'll continue with your calls, and we'll be joined by Bill Donahue of the Theology of the Body Institute. Stick around for that and a whole lot more when we come back in a minute. Bible in a Year with me, Father Mike Schmitz, is now available right here on Catholic Radio. Encounter God's voice and learn how to live life through the lens of Scripture with a new episode every day. I hope you'll join me as we discover how the story of salvation unfolds and how we fit into that story today. Bible in a Year and Catechism in a Year with Father Mike Schmitz tonight at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on EWTN Radio. The Catholic Church teaches that Jesus Christ is literally and wholly present, body and blood, soul and divinity, under the appearances of bread and wine. St. John the Apostle records the John chapter 6 Bread of Life discourse in which Jesus states that his flesh is true food and his blood true drink. Who better to understand John's writings and subsequent teachings than a disciple and student of John, St. Ignatius of Antioch? In his letter to the Smyrnians in 110 A.D., Ignatius writes, I have no taste for corruptible food, nor for the pleasures of this life. I desire the bread of God, which is the flesh of Jesus Christ. And for drink, I desire his blood, which is love incorruptible. The Catholic Church absolutely follows St. John and St. Ignatius in taking Jesus at his word. Examining the truths of the Catholic faith, this is faithforensics.org. Ave Maria Radio invites you to feast on the joy of fasting this Lenten season and all year long. Fast from idle gossip. Feast on purposeful silence. Fast from words that pollute. Feast on words that purify. Fast from discontent. Feast on gratitude. Fasting is a part of true Christian life. It liberates us from this world as we grow closer to Christ. Thank you for joining us today on More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and today on More to Life, the show is titled Dignity Denied. As we talk about those times when we get frustrated by other people's disrespect, and how do we respond to disrespectful treatment? gracefully 877-573-7825 joining us right now bill donahy from the theology of the body institute hey bill welcome to more to life good morning good to be with you both again well it's great to have you with us and you wanted to share some so well a story from the life of saint john paul that that's kind of instructive in terms of admonishing the sinner yeah i mean john paul ii was deeply loved by millions throughout the world, but there are definitely some moments of great disrespect to the Pope, and this takes us back to March of 1983, so almost 40 years ago. He was making a visit to Nicaragua, and there was a lot of political turmoil going on, and some priests had joined up with this Marxist regime that was trying to overthrow the government. It got real messy. And when John Paul appeared on the tarmac in Nicaragua for a visit, a papal visit, one of these priests who was sort of trying to saddle both uh, places, the Marxist regime, and become and remain a priest, was waiting to receive a blessing, probably a photo op with the Pope. But in that moment of real disrespect for him and the Church, John Paul, and this video went viral before videos we talked about going viral all the time, <laughs> wagged mm. his finger sternly at the priest and said, you have to get right with the Church. So... 
um, a moment that John Paul said himself was a very dark night. That trip was a dark night. But a moment where he had to stand his ground and say, you can't disrespect me or the church as a priest. Uh, and so just, again, it went viral. A real important moment for the Pope to really lay down his fatherhood in a way, as the Holy Father, and in defense of his bride, the church. And I want to go back to something I was saying before, you know, because as Christians, we often feel that the only option we have in the face of disrespect is, is to bear that wrong patiently. And that certainly is one of the works of mercy. Um, but it is also a work of mercy to admonish the sinner. And in this case, you know, this, this priest was forgetting who he was. And so St. John Paul was reminding him of his dignity in Christ and his, his dignity of being a representative of Christ. Um, and and calling him to be the man that that God wanted him to be, and so that that's in that example, it, it illustrates exactly that difference that we're talking about. There are times where we bear those wrongs patiently when we believe the other person has a fair chance of self-correcting, but then we admonish the person who for who's forgotten who they are and remind them of their dignity and encourage them to behave accordingly. Amen. And you know, it was a great moment too of uh, of stability and self-mastery on the Pope's part. Even during the Papal Mass, there were outbursts of people shouting slogans and sort of denouncing the Pope. And what did John Paul do? He didn't flash out in anger, but he cried from the altar, the Church is the first to want peace. So he was a stabilizing element who was in control of himself, even when being so disrespected. And it was prophetic words, because uh, it got messier after that, but the Church was always proclaiming, we want peace. Amen. Bill, thanks so much for sharing that vignette uh, with us and, and reminding us of the importance of, of finding appropriate ways to stand up for our dignity and the dignity of others as well. If folks would like to learn more about the work of the Theology of the Body Institute, where can they turn for more information? Yes, please jump on tobinstitute.org and come over for a class. We'd love to have you. Great. You guys do great work, and I really encourage people to do exactly that. Go to tobinstitute.org and check out their next courses coming up. All right, we are taking your calls right now at 877-573-7825. Today's show is titled Dignity Denied, as we talk about how to deal with disrespectful behavior, disrespectful people, gracefully. Right, Because naturally, we either just want to lash out or just keep taking it and taking it and taking it. And neither thing is what God calls us to do. He calls us to be discerning about the best way to be loving to that person who is treating us disrespectfully. Of course, we have to remember that they are they have dignity as sons and daughters of God as well. So how do we stand up appropriately to that person who is speaking to us disrespectfully, treating us disrespectfully, undermining our dignity in big or small ways? 877 573 7825 is the number to call. Again, that's 877-573-7825. If you're listening to the More to Life podcast later on, shoot us your questions via email to questions at moretoliferadio.com. We'll be taking your calls and questions when More to Life continues in just a minute, so stick around. When we speak of blessing in prayer, what exactly do we mean? The Catholic Catechism defines blessing as a basic movement of Christian prayer, an encounter between God and man. God's gift and man's acceptance of that gift are united in dialogue with each other. God blesses and the human heart can respond to bless the one who is the source of every blessing. The Catechism states that two fundamental forms express this movement. 
Human prayer ascends in the Holy Spirit through Christ to the Father, and it implores the grace of the Holy Spirit, which descends through Christ from the Father. Adoration, says the Catechism, is man's first attitude, acknowledging that he is a creature before his Creator. It exalts the God who made us and the almighty power of the Savior who sets us free from evil. It is the homage of the Spirit to the King of Glory. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. Christ is the Answer with Father John Ricardo. Are you passionate about Jesus? Are you zealous for Jesus? Are you fervent for Jesus? Are we fervent for the gospel? Are we passionate about helping this world come to know him? Is that true? It's not true for most people in the church. Is Jesus my best friend? Is he your best friend? I'm looking around the church. There's a set of guys in here who have great man caves. As I was praying this morning, I felt like the Lord said, hey, when are you going to come to my man cave? Like, you guys think a flat screen TV is really cool. You should see what I got to offer. Because I and I alone, he says, can really give you what it is you're longing for. Whoever it is we're rooting for right now, they're going to lose eventually. Or whatever it is that's occupying our time, one day we're going to realize it really wasn't that important. Why aren't we hanging out with the one who alone can show us what life is really all about? When's the last time you hung out in the Lord's man cave? Hi, I'm Lisa Popcheck. We parents are only human, and that's a good thing. But it also means that sometimes we say and do things around our family that we wish we hadn't. When that happens, have you ever considered apologizing to your child or spouse? It doesn't have to be a big deal. You can say something like, you know, I can tell I really hurt you when I yelled at you earlier today. I'm sorry. Can you forgive me? Some parents worry that apologizing might undermine their authority. But for Christians, true authority isn't about power and control. Rather, it flows from trusting, healthy relationships. Asking forgiveness helps to build that good kind of authority. It shows our kids that our relationship with them is based on love, truth, and generosity. Most importantly, it shows that God is the ultimate authority in our home, When God rules our lives, we don't need to constantly project some false image of our own perfection. We can admit our mistakes because our identity and worth are rooted in our inherent dignity as God's beloved children, a dignity that doesn't depend on our perfection, but rather on God's limitless love for us. To get more help and resources, visit catholiccounselors.com. Welcome back, folks. You're listening to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. I'm Lisa Popchak. And today on More to Life, Dignity Denied. Are you tired of dealing with disrespectful people and the disrespectful things they do to disrespect you? Well, if so, give us a call at 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. 7825. We're talking now with Christine, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Indiana. Christine, welcome to More to Life. What's going on? Hey, yes. Um, so my mother actually moved in with us, uh, me and my husband, and um, it's just kind of, it was fine for a while, but 
um, there's definitely like some tension um, between the two of them. Um, and what is that? Can you give me an example of what? Oh, this is oh. really um, affecting you. I'm so sorry. Tell yeah, us more about I mean, what's going on. Um, I mean, it's, a, it's kind of a constant struggle where I think she expects a lot from him and he feels like disrespected in his own home. And so... Um, Can you give me an example of, of an exchange? What does that look like in practice? <laughs> um, he might, like, ask why something didn't get done or, like, just constantly putting her opinion well, out there. Like, you should be spending more time with the children or you should be getting this done and this done and this done. And um, when he... He might not react, uh, I guess, with dignity. Um, and so he feels disrespected, and then when he reacts, he feels disrespected, and it's just... Uh, uh, so so let me ask you, Christina, what, what is it that you feel needs to be done here? And, and, and what, what, what have you been trying to do about it so far? Um, well, I mean, I've even just pointed out to my mom, I, I mean, I like how you were just talking about um, apologizing and um, it's not necessarily saying that like you're in the wrong um, and I've tried to get that message across to my mom uh, like you know let's just apologize and move on like we're Christine you know, we're I get the to... sense from from the the anguish in your voice that you're very much trying to make both of them happy and have peace and and be your mother's daughter in this situation even though your husband has primary place in your life and have you ever just said to her mom we love having you here but if there's something my husband needs to do i'll let him know you're you're not in charge of the house or in charge of my marriage in any way shape or form yeah i mean i have and it's it's gotten okay. to the point where where i don't know if the living situation is going to work, and I feel... Well, it might not. So let me ask you this, Christine, before we go to there, okay? Uh, can I ask, so uh, are the issues that your mom is raising actual issues between you and your husband, and she's trying to stick up for you? Well, I mean, which was no, obviously... No, they're not. For the, okay, okay <laughs> good. I just wanted to make sure that's that... That's great. Because that, sometimes that's... Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh -huh. Yeah. Great. Well, I just yeah. wanted to clarify that because sometimes, you know, a parent sees things and they're like, you know, I don't want, I don't like the way he's treating my daughter, so I'm going to step in, which never works. But it, I just it helped me understand the intention behind this. Um, it, so it sounds like she feels kind of powerless, and she's taking it out on your husband, basically, is what I'm hearing you say. Yes. I mean, I guess though, I know it stems from like, I mean, her childhood, and I mean, even even my dad. Like, I mean, mm -hmm. he just. Um, I mean, I, I don't know if it's just men in general. I, but, um, it, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's her okay. trying to be in control of the situation and kind of taking yeah. her, I don't know. She like takes things out on my husband and, you know, mm -hmm. he, after a certain point, it's like someone can't really 
put up with that. So how can he, yeah. I guess? Especially in his own home. You know, I mean, it's, it's his home, it's your home, and she's coming in and criticizing and putting him down in his own home when he is extending the, you know, the virtue of hospitality to her and sort of getting slapped back for mm. it. And that's very hard. Yeah. And, and of course, you know, lashing out again is, isn't appropriate. So, you know, I understand, you know, your, your anguish about your husband's responses too, but let's, so let's, let's unpack this a little bit. You know, part of what, what complicates this is, is our, our desire to follow God's command to honor our mother and father, right? Um, but, but honoring somebody is a kind of love, um, right? And, and loving them means working for their good. So when, even when we honor somebody, the intention behind that isn't just to prop them up as a kind of superficial deity. It's, it's, it's to, to, to honor them and, and to love them and work for their good. Uh, and so, you know, in, in this case, you know, you're trying to do that by inviting mom into your home. And, you know, I would say to her, I, would, I think it's important to say to her, look, mom, we love you and we want you to be here. We would like to make this work. But the way you, you're treating my husband, you know, is causing a lot of stress and, and pain in the home. And if you're not happy here because of, you know, you don't like my husband and we can't be happy here because you're causing so much pain and discord, we're going to need to find other places for you to be. Uh, and that would make me really sad because I don't, I don't want to do that. But, but we want to make sure that you are provided for and cared for. We would prefer to be the ones doing that. But if you can't help us help you, then we'll have to find some other place where you can be provided and cared for. Now, if you have something that you need to say, it's okay to talk to me about it. And we can decide together how to handle it. Because this is my marriage and it's not your place to be criticizing my husband. If you'd like to say something to me, you can bring it to me. We'll talk about it and decide how to handle it together. But if you keep doing this, we're going to have to look at some other arrangement because you're not happy and we're not happy. And we didn't bring you here to make you miserable, which you clearly are. So help us figure this out together. Right? And, and, and try to pose the question in that way. It's, it's not accusatory. It's just describing the facts. Right, And it's acknowledging the fact that it's not just that she's making you guys unhappy. She's obviously unhappy, too. So let's work together to either make this arrangement work or let's work together to find some other arrangement that will. Because at the bottom of it all, we want you to feel loved and cared for. We want you to be happy. Clearly, that's not here right now. So let's work out what we need to work out to make that happen so you can stay here. Or let's figure out where else you might need to be where you could be happier. Either way, you're working to honor your mom. You're working to help her be happy. You're working to address the problem between her and your husband. Uh, and, I th and I think that that's really the next step forward. If you're struggling with that, um, then don't hesitate to call us back here or reach out to us at CatholicCounselors.com. We can, we can set you up with a, with a good pastoral counselor to really help you navigate this all in, in graceful and faithful ways. But Christine, you have a beautiful heart. I can tell you're, you're feeling really crushed right now between you know the, the way your mom is behaving and your husband, and you just don't know what to do. So I hope that these suggestions will help you move forward. If you feel like you need a little more support, though, or you want to run a few other scenarios past us, don't hesitate to reach out to us at CatholicCounselors.com. Thanks so much for the call. And we're taking your calls at 877-573-7825 about dealing with disrespect or disrespectful people. 877-573-7825.
Let's talk it out and find grace-filled ways to respond to those challenging people in your life. As we head out to our break, it's time for our scripture of the day, which is short but sweet, <laughs> to the point. It's, it's so short first, that I had to look several times to make sure I wasn't missing a line. It's from 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 17. Honor everyone. That's two, it. Two words pretty much says it all. Honor, <laughs> Here, honor everyone. Now, I think it's important to remember that Peter is not saying honor the sin in everyone's life he's saying exactly what we've been talking about through our theology of the body point through our conversations here everyone is a son and daughter of god they're not a thing to be used they're someone to be loved and we need to honor their dignity as sons and daughters of god sometimes we need to admonish the sinner, as Bill Donahue from the Theology of the Inst- Body Institute was sharing with us that Pope John Paul actually had to wag his finger publicly at a priest once who was being disrespectful to the church and disrespectful to the Pope. Other times it's just helping them to understand that they're living beneath their dignity. There are lots of grace-filled ways to handle this, but the marching orders are the same. First Peter 2.17 honor everyone and we're talking about how to do that especially those people who are being disrespectful to you in their words or their actions how do you honor them while still standing up for your own god-given dignity 877-573-7825 again that number 877-573-7825 you're listening to the more to life podcast later on can still send us your questions to the email address questions at more to life radio.com we'll be back with more of your questions about defending your dignity in grace-filled ways when more to life continues in a minute one of the reasons we should go to mass is because it is the food of the saints that we receive and for the saints they understood rightly that the time after holy communion that those moments are the most precious moments of our lives. The Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, live from the EWTN Chapel, every morning, 8 Eastern, on EWTN Radio and Television. Catholic Connection with Teresa Tomio. Father John Ricardo served as our spiritual director, and he gave us a theme on which to speak. He asked all the speakers to address this statement in some way, shape, or form, because of you, I know God. And that hit me and Deacon Dominic when he first put that out there, like a ton of bricks, because basically, that's our story. And I believe if we stop and think about this, because of someone in our life, whether it be maybe a relative or maybe someone at work or maybe someone on the street, who was it that witnessed to you? And because of that person, you either came to know the Lord or know him and your one holy Catholic and apostolic church better and more intimately. Catholic Connections, Teresa Tomio. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. Do you own popular index mutual funds or ETFs? If so, you're automatically own shares of companies that conflict with your moral beliefs. Ave Maria mutual funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors can invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. The experienced professional portfolio managers make decisions based on investment fundamentals and pro-life values. You can learn more about Ave Maria Mutual Funds today at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. 
Want more tips for living a more joyful, abundant life through the gift of the theology of the body? Well, and follow us on Facebook at More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa, and on Twitter and Instagram at Catholic Counselors. We'll see you there. Welcome back to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. And today on More to Life, our show is titled Dignity Denied, as we talk about dealing with disrespectful people. How do we respond to their disrespect gracefully? 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. We're talking now with Mary, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Michigan on Ave Maria Radio. Hi, Mary. Welcome to More to Life. What's going on? Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. So I made a phone call. Five years ago, it was a domestic violence phone call, and my husband and I are divorced, but we still have minor children. Uh, Mm -hmm. My son is a senior. Our son is a senior this year. And the newest tactic, and it's been developing over the last year, has been public humiliation. So, for example, um, we have a son in basketball and a son in bowling, and I've been to all these events. And I'll take pictures, and I'm very quiet, and I'm to myself. Um, So, like, we're in the bleachers, and then he'll, and we're not very far from each other. And and he'll erupt and say, stop talking to me, stop talking to me. Or he'll say, you hit me. And everybody turns and looks. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. I, you know, and I, I don't quite know how to respond, um, this past, so I would, so I've learned to bring people with me because if I bring people with me, he doesn't do that, but what he'll do is turn to complete strangers and then he'll say, oh, there she is, there she is. I was married to her for over 30 years. And for the next hour of the event, um, humiliate me with untruth. And the people look at me and I'm thinking, I don't even know how to stop this anymore. So my son's a senior. We're going to come up to graduation events. Mm. I'm not sure exactly how to stop this. This past weekend was so bad that complete strangers came up to me and said, I'm not sure what's going on here, but we're now your best friends. And they stayed with me throughout the tournament and even walked me to the car. Well, I was going to say, Mary, the the one thing that's clear to me is that your ex-husband is coming across as very irrational to these people, and you don't really have to defend yourself. They, they spend five minutes with somebody who's doing that and pointing out a woman who's across the room surrounded by, by friends that she brought with her, and they're going to say, oh, poor Mary, she, she got divorced, this guy, for a reason, and as you said, actually walk you to your car. They, they're picking up on the vibe that he is dangerous and, and not okay. Yeah, I mean, so so I'm glad you know you you've identified certain things that that help, like bringing people with you. I understand that that can't always ha- happen because people aren't always available. Um, 
I would make sure that you are not sitting anywhere near him. Yeah, it shouldn't be close at all. Like the other side of the bleachers, completely 180. Yeah, because I mean, you know, I, I, you seem like, you know, um, you have a really good heart and you really want to try to get along with your ex for the sake of your children. And that, you know, that's a very beautiful and, and good thing where it can be possible. But you're describing somebody who has both narcissistic and antisocial personality traits. Um, and it's really not possible to coexist with them or to collaborate with them. The, the only thing you can really do is, is set and maintain boundaries that keep you safe and try to minimize the crazy, right? Um, I would just jump in and say, I hope you're keeping a log of this, Mary, like going home and writing down the incidents and what he said and what he did, because there may come a time where you're going to have to bring a lawyer into this to get some kind of, you know, distancing well, order against him because... And I'm going to speak to that, actually, because I I don't know if you've spoken with your attorney, um, but this kind of behavior, it's possible that it would qualify for a protection order. And if if that's possible, I would suggest you talk with your attorney about that. Um, I'm not I'm not a lawyer. I can't give legal advice. But but I but I would say that this is this behavior is antagonistic enough to make it worthwhile to speak to an attorney about filing a protection order. And, um, and certainly if he's doing any of this kind of stuff in and around the kids and is making them feel frightened or vulnerable in some way, that needs to be brought to the attention of your attorney as well. Yeah. So, so you know, keeping your distance, to, don't, 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 don't feel obliged to sit in anywhere near him ever. Um, make sure that you are when you can do what you're doing and bringing people with you. Um, but don't, this is hard to say, right? Because on, on, when you hear this, you're going to think, well, how is that possible? Yeah. D- don't, don't try to feel like it's your job to fix him or to make this, to make it, because you can't. This is, this is how he is. This is, he's broken in, in ways that you cannot fix. And I think and you, you realize change. that from having to divorce him because of, you know, domestic violence situations. So. But, but there's a part of us, when, especially when we're in an abusive situation, where we feel like I, it's my job to somehow twist myself into pretzels to make this better. And I just need you to know that you can't. And so, you, so the more you can recognize that this is the way he's going to be, uh, no matter what you do, and no matter what you say, the, the more that empowers you to take the steps you need to take to set boundaries, uh, even legal boundaries, if appropriate, um, and, and, and just let his own behavior um, tell what others what kind of a man he is. You, you're not going to be able to convince him to stop doing it. And there's no point in defending yourself to other people. Like you said, you know, he pulls strangers over and points you out in a crowd and says, I was married to that crazy woman, and then goes on and on. But that just shows him to be an unhealthy person. And it will get you, uh, you know, and, and people will people will know. So you, you can't worry about that. As painful as it is to see, you, you really can't worry about that. So do not be anywhere around him uh, when, you know, be as far on the other side of the room as you, as you can be. Bring people with you. Talk to your lawyer about the possibility of getting a protection order at the very, hopefully that would al- allow you guys to maintain certain space, you know. Um, but, but it's not your job to to either defend yourself in this situation or try to talk him out of doing this or do anything to try to prevent it. It's, it's your job to set good boundaries that keep you safe and minimize the damage that his behavior does. Mary, I'm sorry that, that we can't give you more on that, but I do hope that you'll follow up with, with our book, God Help Me, These People Are Driving Me Nuts, Making Peace with Difficult People, because it's all about setting boundaries that enable us to uh, insulate ourselves from the drama while you know, leaving the door open for, for God's grace to, to move in the situation. All right. Thanks so much for the call. 
You know, by the way, I want to, you know, this show's all about giving out resources, and I want to share with you some of the great resources that EWTN provides, including the podcasts that EWTN produces at Podcast Central. In particular, I want you to check out the Catholic Influencers podcast from Australia. It studies the weekly readings and breaks them down into layman's terms so that you can see how they're relevant to our life today, making theology accessible to everybody. You can hear the Catholic Influencers podcast as well as many faith-filled podcasts from our friends and affiliates around the world all in one place, all free at EWTN Podcast Central. Visit EWTN.com slash radio. Click on Podcast Central today. Well, I love the fact that it breaks down the weekly readings because that's a wonderful thing to listen to and then share with your kids around the dinner table and kind of discuss, hey, you know, I was listening to this after we heard all that at Mass yesterday. Let's talk, you know, I really wanted to share what these guys were saying it really meant so we can break it down. It's a really lovely way to be able to continue that conversation and help form our children. All right. Well, we've only got about two and a half minutes left, so I just wanted to uh, just recap uh, some of the most important points in today's show. You know, number one, you know, we don't claim our dignity on our own right. You know, we don't deserve anything uh, on our own, but God loves us. And because he loves us, and because he made us in his image and likeness, all of his children have immeasurable dignity. Um, And so when somebody treats us poorly, setting appropriate boundaries enables us to stand up for our dignity and theirs. Our dignity because we deserve to be treated better as children of God. And their dignity because they deserve to behave better as a son or daughter of God. Now, you know, as we've said, there, there are two main ways to do that, right? Um, they don't involve lashing out or just putting up with it. They involve either bearing wrongs patiently or admonishing the sinner. And, and how do you tell the difference? Well, you know, if you've got somebody who, generally speaking, tries to do the right thing, is working hard to be a godly person and, you know, makes good choices in general, but they're having a bad moment or a bad day. Giving that person a little space, bearing that wrong patiently, lets them self-correct. It doesn't pile on. You know they're going to feel bad enough about it whenever they, you know, have eat that sandwich or take that, or get that rest or get some minute, get some time to reflect, and they're going to probably just come around and apologize themselves and 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 get themselves back on track. And being gracious to give them that space by bearing those wrongs patiently and letting them self-correct is a mercy. On the other hand, if you've got somebody in your life who for, has forgotten who they are as a son or daughter in Christ, or or who doesn't care and is habitually behaving in a manner that is beneath your dignity and theirs. The work of mercy that is most appropriate there is admonishing the sinner. Not because you want to demean them or judge them or condemn them in any way, but because you're reminding them that you love them and they're better than that. And they deserve better. So do you. So setting those boundaries, pointing those things out, saying things like we said earlier in the show that... You know, look, I'm not your enemy. Can we work through this together? You know, what, what can we do to handle this situation differently? How can we work better together through this so that we can feel like we're taking care of each other? Help me figure that out. Let's work through it together. Is the best way to really respond to somebody who's being disrespectful because it acknowledges that they're hurting and they're hurting you. And how can you work together to heal that hurt so that God's grace can be brought into the situation and God's will can be done. 
Well, that's all the time we've got for today's program. I want to thank you so much for being with us today. If you'd like to learn more about handling those disrespectful people in your life, again, check out the book, God Help Me, These People Are Driving Me Nuts, Making Peace with Difficult People, or reach out to us at catholiccounselors.com, where you can work with a faithful, professional Catholic counselor to help you transform your marriage, family, or personal life in the light of God's grace. That's catholiccounselors.com. Hope to see you there. And then remember, get out there and celebrate the life God has for you, because you know what? With His grace, there really is so much more to life. Thanks for tuning in. Have a blessed day. You've been listening to More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa Popchuk. More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and is carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Dan McGraw. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net.